0: You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is Dr. Philip Pointer, pastor of St. Mark Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, in over 25 years of ministry, he's been uniquely qualified to speak to us today about tailoring the sermon to all ears and uh, dr pointer i i I have noticed in your background you have served a diversity of churches in a diversity of communities and so we want to talk to you about sermons for all
1: ears it's my joy to be here and thank you for having me
0: Uh, how prevalent is the problem that preachers have communicating in in such a way that that they only connect with people in the audience
1: who are similar to them I think that's a human problem, and um, it is especially an issue that preachers uh, should concern themselves with. We tend to gravitate toward our own tribe uh, because communication is easier uh, when we don't have to build cultural, educational, um, experiential bridges. Uh, But the preacher has to be called to uh, do more uh, than just communicate with his or her, his own tribe i uh, 've got to communicate with uh persons who are of varied backgrounds uh experiences ethnicities and so uh it it's it's a it 's a human issue that the preacher has to work hard to overcome
0: you know i'm I'm reminded the uh, you remind me of the apostle paul who if you if you just looked at his demographics, he belongs to a number of tribes that are very fierce about their identity. You know, a Jew isn't a Gentile, and uh, a Pharisee is not a Sadducee, and uh, and yet he, you know, made this bridge between all kinds of of people. Is is that your vision for preaching, that a pastor has to say, hey, I am who I am, but I've got to, you know, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes here?
1: Yeah, I I think it's important. uh, You know, Paul's personal mantra was, you know, in 1 Corinthians 9, you know, to the Jew I became like a Jew, uh, yes. uh, to uh, to those without law I became as one without law, but I'm under the law of Christ. Uh, the point is, he says, to uh, become all things to all men so that I can win some. Uh, the idea is um, the preacher can't be rigid, uh, and it's not a matter of surrendering identity, it's a, it's a matter of being sensitive to other uh, persons and other uh, other places with other experiences. For the sake of the gospel, that's the intent. Uh, the, the point is that I will remove any barrier that would prevent this individual from hearing clearly the gospel and giving them an opportunity to know the Christ who is able uh, to rescue their soul uh, mm. from sin. What uh,
0: what are the what are the biggest dangers to a pastor who who either lets himself become culturally, racially, economically? Uh, linguistically uh, uh, siloed and, and not conscious of, of people who are different? What, what are the inherent dangers in that for, for preachers?
1: Well, I think there, there's an eternal danger and a temporal one. Eternally, uh, we're going to be judged for our works, and um, the Great Commission is to take the gospel to all ethnos, to all ethnicities, to the whole world. Um, And so to silo ourselves or to allow ourselves to become um, uh, rigid in terms of the audiences that we're able to reach uh, is to surrender some eternal reward uh, and to not fully reflect the intent of the gospel uh, and the glory of God. Temporally, it just uh, keeps the preacher from um, the wonderful experience of diversity uh, that enriches and enlarges the soul. Uh, and so the preacher becomes um, uh, unable to get the benefit of what God is doing in the world and through other people, uh, and so uh, that's that's the temporal danger. You miss out on so much uh, when you're not able to connect with multiple um, types of audiences.
0: Wow, I I love the po- I, You you just sprinkled a number of positive terms. In, in your description of that dynamic of, of diversity you, you talk about rewards and benefits and and blessings of, of that
1: yeah certainly I uh, God God has great gifts uh, in in the church in the world uh, in the church uh, beyond um, our places of familiarity and comfort there's so many great gifts and we can learn so much uh, from 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 those who are gifted, uh, whose experiences are, are different from ours, whose cultures are different from ours, and uh, to allow ourselves to, you know, we have a missionary mind that is we seek to go and give them our sense and experience of God and the gospel, but to to be open to hear and to receive uh, just enlarges the soul and gives us a greater sense of who God is uh, and what God is doing in the world as, as a whole. And so... Uh, not just for the sake of communicating out, but also for the sake of of receiving in uh, the wonderful privileges of, of of diversity. That's that's why we have to be able to communicate across audiences.
0: Uh, Brother Philip, what what are some practical ways that that a preacher can think about connecting with with an ethnically diverse audience through his preaching?
1: I, I think it requires. Um, intentionality in terms of what we consume. Um, we have to read, obviously, across uh, ethnicities, socioeconomic lines, uh, across denominational lines. Uh, it's very important. I, I'd say all the time, I don't care how many books you've read. If you only ever read people who you know you already agree with, you're not widely read. Uh, and so it's it's reading other other cultures other experiences it's also um, worshiping in other cultures and experiences uh, where you're not the main preacher <laughs> where you're not on stage where you're not the the person who who has the primary responsibility to deliver the message uh, taking time to go and worship uh, in in other places uh, to just see and feel and experience uh, how God is celebrated in in other uh, worship styles and types. It's extremely important so that you get a sense of what connects and what communicates uh, with that audience. Uh, then how, what we consume in terms of media and entertainment, um, those things are, are important. It's it's deliberate exposure. It's not going to happen accidentally. Uh, it's not going to happen uh, by, um, uh, by waiting on these cultures to come to us. I think uh, when we think of ethnicity and diversity especially, uh, many churches want other persons of other ethnicities to just come and be a part of us, uh, you're, you're very welcome. But that's that's different than than crossing the bridge to go to another culture, another ethnicity, another socioeconomic group. Uh, to say I'm not I'm not just saying you're welcome to come do what we're doing. I want to know what you're doing. I want to appreciate what you're doing and celebrate what you're doing. And in doing that, uh, we develop communication skills that allow us to reach people of all kinds.
0: That, that's a profound insight, and I, I, I think you've identified a, a key to a lot of churches that would like to be more— they have a wish of being more diverse, but are, are somewhat frustrated, clueless, or sometimes frustrated in being successful in that. So, but what I hear you saying is, no, 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 the, the, the answer is not waiting and being open— it's, it's pursuing, it's going.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, there's a difference between being allowed and being appreciated. Ooh, okay. Uh, so some churches believe they're multi-ethnic because they allow yeah. uh, ethnicities and say, you're invited to come sing the songs that we sing and worship in the style that we worship. That's that's allowing multiple ethnicities to be a part of the church and the worship experience, but that's not appreciating those other cultures and integrating the things that are familiar to them, styles of music, styles of preaching, uh, that that connect with other ethnicities, and so that's that's key. That's that's vital uh, to being able to speak to every audience.
0: Wow, have you ever been to Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York?
1: I have been there, uh, not for worship experience, but but certainly seen. Uh, how they worship.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, that always amazed me, is I, I look at Jim Simbla mm-hmm. and I mean, here's a guy, I'm not yet, he's in his 70s, I'm still in my 60s, but I see this, you know, mature white guy who looks like me, and yet they open the doors, and that congregation looks anything, but like, it. it's like they open the door to the United Nations. And he's, he seems to appeal to so many diverse peoples, ethnically, uh, economically uh, age uh, it's and he seems to do it a- almost effortlessly I, how do you think he pulls that off
1: well I, one of my great friends I don't I don't know Jim uh, well but one of my great friends is Corey Hodges who pastors the Point Church in Salt Lake City Utah and I say all the time it's a picture of heaven uh, Hodges has oh I want to say now there are 45 nations are so represented uh, in that church. Forty-five. Forty-five wow. nations from around the world represented in that church. And um, his it's intentionality. It may it may look effortless, but it's intentionality. And what they do is they deliberately celebrate each culture, each person, even if you're the only person from your country or your tribe in this church, we will celebrate you just like the ones that have hundreds. And I think that intentional celebration of that diversity of each each culture, each ethnicity, each uh, background uh, causes that, that sense of unity. Because unity is not uniformity. We don't all have to be alike to be together. Uh, we can be different. I think that's why the Lord has graced us with these varied differences. God is such a creative and artistic God uh, that He doesn't paint the wall white or paint the wall black. It's a it's a mosaic of of gifts and abilities and and music styles and languages that God brings together to make one. Beautiful picture of His glory, and celebrating those things is how we're able to communicate. Wow,
0: that, uh, that's a beautiful analogy to to paint it the uh, the mosaic. Okay, there there are different ways. That, uh, there are a variety of ways that people can be different uh, racially, ethnically, uh, economically, uh, demographically by age. What any any other practical suggestions for? Pastors in in bridging all of these different kinds of demographic divides,
1: you have to talk to people. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you know, the, okay. I mean, one of the one of the great things is, and, and by talking, I mean listen, uh, to to bring in a group of, of if it, if it's an if it's an age group that that seems to be missing in in your uh, congregation or in your context, uh, then you got to get with the group that's missing and say, hey guys. Um, what speaks to you? What, 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 what causes you to feel a sense of community? Uh, where, where, are, where are the places of, um, of legitimate uh, need uh, that, that speak to your soul? Uh, the gospel is the gospel. Everyone needs it. Uh, but how the gospel is given and, and, and the ways the gospel um, is communicated are varied. Uh, so what what speaks to you? What sermons have you heard that you have connected with or what churches have you gone to where you've said, this is really uh, a place that speaks to me and what was true about those places? Listen, um, and then design a sermon message, uh, an environment uh, that, that speaks to persons of all of those uh, varied groups. I think that's true uh, in terms of age demographic, especially um, making sure that everyone feels valued in their life stage uh, is significant uh, so that we're not, we're not always fussing at the young people, don't do this and young people don't do that, or we're not trying to push our seasoned saints uh, out of the door and sit them down and say, your time has passed, you had your run, uh, but making sure that everyone's phase and stage of life is appreciated uh, and, and listening and uh, having conversations. Those conversations help Shape application for sermon uh, material, and um, uh, if you're talking to people and listening, especially, it'll help you apply uh, the principles of scripture to to every age demographic. And uh,
0: um, I, I don't want to discount uh, good policies and good programs that seek diversity, but my own experience has been that I get I've gotten far more mileage out of genuine friendships. With people who aren't
1: like I am, does that make sense to you? Absolutely, so absolutely. So friendships um, develop organically, but they they develop when you spend time together, and it's getting out of those few. And uh, I mean, if, if you look at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, He was always just out among people, just hanging out, just just with. People. They, that's why they accused him of being a a drunken Hawaiian. River. he's always just hanging out with people, um, and of course, not in places and doing things that mess up our witness. <laughs> uh, but certainly, just not um, only going to the office and running back to the house. There's a there's a major thing called third space. That's that's not home. It's not work. Where's the third space in these people's lives? Um, and you got to get in that third space. Where do they? Where do they fellowship? Where do they? Where do they find community? Where Where are they finding enjoyment? And being a part of those and, and developing, spending time there will develop friendships organically, uh, and it'll it'll be uh, organic developed friendships uh, organically. developed friendships uh, will be a great help to to the gospel communicator. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Our guest on Preaching Source today has been Dr. Philip Pointer, pastor of St. Mark Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. We've been talking about tailoring the sermon to all ears. Dr. Pointer, thank you for being with us today on Preaching Source. Thank you for having me, and I
1: hope this has been helpful.
0: It has.